and welcome back to the Football Foundations. I am your host, Arthur Meyer. You are either listening to this on Spotify or any other podcast system. I Today was a great day, NFL football, week two, um, and other great games. However, you know, big injuries. So I'm going to go today. We're talking injuries, week two, uh, reactions, and getting into the football foundation, my favorite segment, talking about my favorite moments, players, and games in NFL history. Today, I'm talking about the one and the only, my opinion, greatest player of all time, Jim Brown. Stay tuned. Today in the NFL, there were a lot of injuries. It was not a good week, and it almost goes to prove how important preseason is. This year, there was no preseason. These players didn't get to acclimate their body to playing full speed in a 60-minute game, and then they went and got hurt. It kind of proves that the NFL was wrong about not having a preseason just based off how many injuries these teams, all these teams have already had. So getting into those injuries, there were some huge ones. The 49ers had a big blow today with three big injuries, with being... Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas, actually four big injuries. Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Raheem Mostert. Uh, Nick Bosa was carted off the field in the game, and he's suspected to have a torn ACL. Jimmy Garoppolo could did not play in the second half. Nick Mullins finished the game. Uh, questionable about how long he will be out with a high ankle sprain. And they're already out Kittle, but they still were able to win against a... Pretty easy Jets team. As you guys know, I've predicted them to go 3-13 and at best. But that's going to be a huge blow, especially with Raheem Mostert. Knowing how they rely on the run game, how they have consistently ran the ball and been good at it. Now they don't have Mostert or Garoppolo. They have to lean on Mullins for a bit unless Garoppolo can come back. And same with Mostert. But I think the biggest blow is definitely Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa's proven himself to be a premier pass rusher in this league. And he's o- and he only played one year. This is his second year in the league. And he's already proven himself to be that. He's an absolute monster and one of the leaders on the defense. The Niners have also been without Richard Sherman and George Kittle. So... They are in some trouble defensively and offensively. Luckily, they're a good team that has good weapons, but I don't know how well they can play without all of these key players. One of the biggest injuries in the league, probably the biggest this week that happened, was running back of the New York football giants, Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley last week had an absolutely terrible week. Uh, Giants O-line could not block for him. He had 13 carries for, I believe it was 12 yards, or six yards, I think it was. He couldn't get anywhere past the line of scrimmage. He was always getting tackled behind the line. There was no blocking for him. And this week, he actually got hurt in the game against the Bears. Saquon Barkley might have a torn ACL. That's what the it looks like right now, and that's what the club is fearing. They really hope that he doesn't have a torn ACL, obviously, because that is a huge blow for a player's career. Not just the season, but a career. We've seen people bounce back from it. However, it is one of the most worst injuries you can have in football. You use your knees for everything. You make cuts. Saquon Barkley's biggest thing is how well he's able to make cuts. And him tearing an ACL only in his third year in the league, that could be very costly for his career and for the Giants next few seasons. 
Interesting enough, the Los Angeles Chargers started Justin Herbert today, but that was because Tyrod Taylor did not was not able to play due to a chest injury suffered before the game. Suffered during practice, we believe. He was listed questionable, and he didn't play, it turns out. He went to the hospital, actually, due to chest pains, and so they're not sure what they're going to do. But Justin Herbert came in and played very well. Almost upset the Chiefs. The Chiefs won in overtime. But Justin Herbert was out there, made big throws in big situations. He was accurate. He had, he showed off his arm strength. He looked like he was deserving of that first round pick, which is interesting because I thought he wasn't going to be very good. I think he will be a bust, but after game one, he's starting to prove people wrong already. He had played great against an outstanding Kansas City Chiefs defense. Another biggest one, another big injury today was the the only man that can help the Carolina Panthers, and that's Christian McCaffrey. Chris, Christian McCaffrey, he was questionable to return, never returned due, uh, against the Bucks due to a hamstring injury. He played well until then, but we he looks like he could come back next week. It's unsure right now, but I think the Panthers, obviously, they really need him. They are now 0-2 after losing to the Las Vegas Raiders and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But without Christian McCaffrey, the Panthers are one of the worst league, one of the worst teams in the league. Their O line isn't great. They do have a good receiving core. I like their receiving core. I like Teddy Bridgewater as well. But their defense, ever since the loss of Luke Keekley, that defense has not been the same. They have not been able to stop any offense. We saw the Raiders put up 34 points against them, and they it really just doesn't seem like they want to play defense out there. So if they can't have Christian McCaffrey, they will not have a good chance to win many games, if any, at all. Another huge injury today was Devontae Adams. He had an absolutely amazing game week one, blew everyone away, was put up the most fantasy points out of any uh, receiver last week. Today, he got injured. He had a hamstring injury also, did not play the second half of the game. Uh, same as Christian McCaffrey, unsure if he'll return next week or the week after. That's something that's kind of battled Devontae Adams these past few years was injuries. He's been getting injured and then coming back and playing great, but then getting injured again, and that's something that you've got to look out for this guy because he's a top-five receiver when he's healthy. He's the best route runner in the league next to Amari Cooper when he's healthy. So, However, the Packers will be fine without him. The Packers are a very, very good team. Aaron Rodgers has shown he's still an MVP caliber quarterback. They wasted a draft pick on Jordan Love, obviously. But they will do very well. I still think if Devontae Adams can't play, they will still finish and win the division easily. The Rams lost rookie running back today. He was out for majority of the game against the Eagles. The Rams did fare very well against the Eagles, though. They were up 21-6 to at one point, and then the Eagles almost came back and won, but the Rams were able to pull away at the end, and now they're 2-0. They lost running back Cam Akers, rookie running back. I think the Rams will be fine. I think Sean McVay is a good enough coach to be able to figure out what he needs to do without uh, good players, without his running back. Um, other running backs were able to step up and play very well today, and Jared Goff played very well also. 
He's looking like he the way he looked when they went to the Super Bowl. And now the Rams are 2-0. and I mean, a lot of people weren't thinking the Rams would be very good. And also, they weren't sure how the Rams would be able to keep all the talent. Yet somehow, the Rams are able to sign every single player. They turned off the salary cap, it looks like. It looks like it's Madden with the salary cap turned off. But that's really it for the Rams. Otherwise, looking very well. The Dolphins actually lost Byron Jones today. He suffered a groin injury. He was out for a majority of the game also. They lost a close game to the Bills. Almost won it, actually. He was down to the wire. Played very well. Brian Flores is a great coach and was able to lead that team. Byron Jones, we're unsure how he would do in Miami anyways. At least I was. But I think that Miami defense will be fine. Uh, Byron Jones should come back in a few weeks. It shouldn't be long term. So... The Miami defense would be okay, won't be great, but I think a Brian Flores-led defense is still going to be good no matter what. For the Denver Broncos, they lost one of the biggest pieces. They've already been without Von Miller. Last week, A.J. Boye got injured, Cortland Sutton didn't play, and then Philip Lindsay got injured. But today, the Denver Broncos lost their starting quarterback and hopefully future face of the franchise, Drew Locke. He suffered a right shoulder injury, forced him to the locker room, and he did not return the rest of the game. They played with Jeff Driscoll, and they did not play good at first. They did not look good on offense. Defense was kind of given up. And then in the second half, they started making a comeback. They had a good shot to win um, with with a minute, no, with 50 seconds left. They were down... Five points, fourth and one on uh, their own four-yard line, or eight-yard line, and they just need to get the first down. And, of course, the Broncos blew an opportunity like they've done all last season and done this season already twice and could not pick up the first down and ultimately lost the game to the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Broncos, of course, were without many players. If they were healthy, that game might have looked very different. They also lost receiver Cortland Sutton again. He got injured and did not play the entirety of the fourth quarter. He was out week one and now is out again. And really, without Sutton, it's hard to get these receivers going. They're so young. They don't have other people out there to uh, distract them, so that way they can get open. Noah Fant is one of those guys. He's uh, He succeeded without Sutton last week. He played very well this week, caught a touchdown pass. However... Sutton is a cornerstone of this offense. Without Sutton, receivers won't be able to get open because they'll know who to target. They'll be able to send blitzes more, and that's going to be a problem for this Denver Broncos team. The Minnesota Vikings lost Anthony Barr due to a shoulder injury. Anthony Barr has been a great linebacker for the Vikings. He's been able to become an amazing leader, and he's played well ever since he left UCLA for the NFL. That's a big blow. The Vikings are already 0-2 and did not look good at all today against the Indianapolis Colts. Phillip Rivers went out there and played well. They were able to run the ball extremely well. That's huge, because a huge part because Anthony Barr was not there. Anthony Barr is a cornerstone of that run defense. He plays amazing. He knows where the gaps are. He knows where running backs are going to cut before the running backs cut. Without Anthony Barr, they were getting just blown out through the run game and their offense was atrocious today too that's really it for the big injuries this week Uh, another one that i forgot to mention was bashard perriman for the new york jets however 
Brashard Perryman hasn't played great. We weren't sure how he's going to do anyways. I didn't expect him to do good just because he has Sam Darnold at quarterback, and I do not believe in Sam Darnold whatsoever. When we return, we will give some reactions to Week 2 in the NFL. I will say what I think teams did right, what I think teams did wrong, and then we'll get into the football foundation of Jim Brown, an amazing player, amazing running back, an amazing man. We'll be right back. And welcome back to the Football Foundations. We talk all things NFL all the time. NFL history, NFL now, predictions, reactions, what I liked, what I didn't like. Right now we're getting into reactions, some quick reactions from the week two Sunday games of the NFL. There's a good amount to talk about, but I'm also going to get into some predictions after this. And then get into my Football Foundation of the day, which is Jim Brown. So with that being said, let's get into it. Let's do this thing. First game I would like to talk about is the Denver Broncos versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Very good game. Um, Steelers were able to run away for a while uh, at the end of the first half, having a 17-3 lead going into the half after quarterback for the Denver Broncos, Drew Locke, got hurt. Ben Roethlisberger looked fairly good today. He played well. Juju Smith-Schuster looked good again, and so did... Uh, Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool had a big uh, 84-yard touchdown reception and then he also had a negative two-yard reception but that's not what people are focusing on. The Steelers were able to hold out the game at the end of the game with like I said earlier the Broncos not able to capitalize on opportunities they had. I think the biggest thing you got to look at from this game is again the Broncos not being able to capitalize on opportunities but for the Pittsburgh side, this team is for real. That defensive line is great. They had seven sacks on the day. The Broncos O-line had no answer for them. And the Pittsburgh offense just looks good. I mean, they played very well against a very good Denver Bronco defense. And they were able to do what they wanted when they wanted. The next game I'd like to talk about is the one of the be best games of the day. The best comeback of the day for sure. And that's the Falcons-Cowboys. The Falcons had an absolutely huge lead at one point. They were dominating and then came to the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter, the Cowboys were coming back down 39-37. Needed an onside kick. They kicked the onside. For some reason, the Falcons' hands team waited for the ball to go 10 yards. If you're the hands team, you don't have to wait. You go get the ball when you see the ball. You don't wait. You get the ball. And it's just, it was terrible. They did not play, they did not do that play correct. So the Cowboys were able to recover it, take it down, kick the game-winning field goal. Won 40-39. For the Falcons, what biggest takeaway is what happened on special teams. I mean, that's what's costing them these games. You play great offensively, uh, not so good defensively, but you got to play all three phases. Offense, defense, special teams. Coaches will tell you there's a fourth phase, and that's coaching. But, you know, there's ultimately three phases in the game. Offense, defense, special teams. The Falcons did good on offense, did good on defense in the first half. Special teams, not there. It was not where it needed to be. They obviously messed up very important kick, uh, and it cost them the game ultimately. I mean, Matt Ryan once again had four touchdowns. For the Cowboys, it's the will of Dak Prescott. He he willed them to win this game. I mean, 
450 yards passing, three or no, full four total touchdowns, three rushing, if I'm not wrong. I mean, Dak Prescott is just an animal. He was out there and trying to prove that he's worth that $35 million contract he wants. Another great game today was the Jacksonville Jaguars-Tennessee Titans. The Jacksonville Jaguars were down for a while, but were able to make a big comeback and tie the game late. However, Ryan Tannehill was not going to let that happen. They were not going to let the Jaguars win. Gardner Minshew played very well. He did have two turnovers, however, two interceptions, but... After that, he was able to get back into the groove of things, and he threw 339 yards and three touchdowns, 30 of 45. I mean, Minshew mania is amazing. I love Gardner Minshew. Last year, I said he's going to win MVP in the next five years. At the end of the season, I was like, oh, man, I was definitely wrong about that. But now I'm looking, I'm like, you know what? Gardner's got a chance. I really like this kid. I'm excited to see his future. I think the biggest takeaway from the Jaguars is this team's not tanking. They are playing to win. Gardner Minshew will not let them tank, and he is trying to prove he is the quarterback of the future for that team. For the Tennessee Titans, it's they've been able to win another close game. They've been able to win a game late again. Ryan Tannehill was very methodic, was able to get them where they need to be late in the game. He had four touchdowns on the day, 239 yards passing, and only six incompletions. Very impressive. I was very impressed by the Titans today and I think they're going to continue to play like that the rest of the season. The game that I thought was going to be a lot closer that wasn't was the Indianapolis Colts and Minnesota Vikings. Indianapolis Colts were able to win this game 28-11. They were able to keep the lead the majority if not all of the game. Phillip Rivers did okay 214 yards a touchdown and interception. Uh, However the biggest takeaway is their run game. They were able to do amazing in the run game they were able to keep uh, the J.J. Taylor got over 100 yards rushing. The, as a team, they had 203 rushing yards. So that, or that was passing, but 151 rushing yards on 40 attempts. I think that really helped them, especially later in the game when they were up. How For the Vikings, you got to ask, what is going on with Kirk Cousins? I mean, he played absolutely terrible. He was 11 of 26 for... 113 yards only. That's 4.3 yards per attempt. Uh, No touchdowns and three interception. He had a quarterback rating of 9.2. That is just terrible. I mean, you can't have that. The run game was okay. I mean, average 4.4 yards to carry, but only had 18 attempts because they were down majority of the game. The Vikings just could not get anything going, and now they are 0-2 after that 28-11 loss against the Colts. The Another pretty good game, I thought, was the Washington football team versus the Arizona Cardinals. Washington football team actually surprised me. I thought they were going to get blown out. It looked like they were at first. However, they made a game of it. They were able to come back and get kind of close, but Kyler Murray really went out there and proved. For Washington... It's really, I mean, how are you going to succeed defensively? They've got young pieces, but it's just not there yet. It will be in the future, I believe, with all the young pieces they have, but right now it's not there. For Arizona, it's Kyler Murray. This man could be the MVP this season. He put up 286 passing yards, a touchdown, and he just was able to demolish this defense. I mean, eight carries for 67 yards and two rushing touchdowns as well. 
Kyler Murray is looking very good. He's a scary player in this league, and he can dominate for a long time. The Chiefs-Chargers game was a very surprising game. As I mentioned early, earlier, Justin Herbert started. He played well, and however, not well enough to win. He couldn't lead him down the field in overtime. The Chiefs were able to lead down the field and win the game. So for the Chiefs, the biggest question is, why was this game so close? You're supposed to be the best team in the league. You have all this talent offensively, defensively. Defense played okay. They allowed Justin Herbert to play very well. However, they were able to stop him in the red zone when they needed to. Offensively, Mahomes in the first half was not good. They only scored six first-half points, and that is just unacceptable for the best offense in the league you're supposed to have. Tyreek Hill made some big drops. He, however, was able to redeem himself later. He had five catches, 99 yards, and a touchdown. So the big question is, what happened to the offense today? For the Chargers, instead of a takeaway also, it's also a question. The question is, what are you doing at quarterback now? I mean, Justin Herbert went out there and threw for 311 yards. He looked very well. It was a great debut for him, even in a loss. But what are you going to do? Are you going to let Tyrod come back and start? You're going to start Justin? That's something they've got to figure out by the next game. Last but not least, the Sunday night game. What a game it was. I mean, man, oh man. The Seahawks and the Patriots, back and forth. They both played amazing. Russell Wilson, MVP form. He looks like he could finally get an MVP vote this year. Cam Newton also looks like he gets get some MVP votes today. He was able to go out there and prove he can do it through the passing game too. He went out and put up 397 yards and a touchdown passing. And he had 47 yards rushing on 11 carries for two touchdowns. Cam Newton really is a great piece for this team. However, the best player today was Julian Edelman. He did drop the possible game-winning touchdown. However, he had eight catches for 179 yards. No touchdowns, but he still played absolutely amazing. So the biggest thing for this Patriots team is, can you win the close games? This was a close game. Had a chance, um, two seconds left, first and goal at the two-yard line to take the lead and win the game on the last play of the game. Couldn't get it done. In my opinion, absolutely terrible play call. They let Cam run it, which I get it. You want your best player to get you in. However, the Seahawks were ready for that. They were expecting that. At that point, you got to try to get someone out in the flat. You fake the run, get someone in the flat, maybe Julian Edelman on a slant. You've got to do something else. For the Seahawks, it's... The fact that Russell Wilson is absolutely amazing. His first throw was a pick six. But after that, 20 of 27 after the interception. No, 21 of 27 after the interception. 288 yards and five touchdowns. Five passing touchdowns he had. He was out there and he just played lights out, man. He couldn't expect anything better from him or couldn't want anything better. He went out there and just proved that he is possibly the best quarterback in the league. With that, we're going to take a short break, and when I return, I am going to get into my prediction for tomorrow night's Las Vegas Raiders versus New Orleans Saints game. Stay tuned. Las Vegas Raiders, New Orleans Saints, next game. Welcome back to the Football Foundations. I am Arthur Meyer, as always. I am here to talk about NFL. NFL, NFL, and a more NFL. Today, right now, we're getting into... Raiders Saints. Tomorrow night, they play, and 
it looks like an intriguing matchup. Raiders played extremely well against the Panthers. They looked like a playoff team out there. Of course, it was against a poor Panthers defense, so it's hard to really judge. But another team that looked extremely well was the New Orleans Saints. Now, Drew Brees didn't have his best game, didn't put up a lot of yards, but he was precise, was able to do what, what he needed when he needed, and was able to handle Tom Brady's Buccaneers. Tomorrow night in Las Vegas, the Las Vegas home opener, get to see the new Allegiant Stadium, first time on TV, and it's going to be great. There, sadly, will still be no fans, but they will get to show off their shiny new stadium. It'll have a few fans, actually. That's my bad. But, oh, wait, no, it will not have fans. I am so sorry about that. I think the Raiders will go up and play well. I think Jay, Josh Jacobs will have a good game running of the ball. However, Derek Carr, I don't think, will be able to get it done passing. I think Drew Brees will be able to go out there and do what he needs to do. But, ultimately, the Saints will still win. They're not going to win by much. I think, I think it will be a high-scoring affair. Um, not super high, but still going to be 34-28. Something like that. The Saints, I think, are just too good. They have so much talent. They are, right now, my Super Bowl prediction for the NFC. However, that could change to the Packers. I mean, the Packers have looked amazing, or even the Seahawks. The Seahawks have just been outstanding in the first two weeks. But right now, I think the Saints win this and get them to 2-0 while the, Ra the Las Vegas Raiders, which is so weird to say still, fall to 1-1. With that, we are going to get into the Football Foundation. I'm sorry that was such a short, short segment, but we are going to take a quick break right before that. And when we do get back, it will be my Football Foundation of the day. Jim Brown. Thank you. And welcome back to the Football Foundations. I am your host, Arthur Meyer, and we are out here loving the day. Football is in full effect. Week two, it's been great. And with that, we are getting into the best segment of the show. The show, the segment we all know and love. It is called the Football Foundations. Talking my favorite moments, players, and games. Of the NFL history. Today, who is my opinion, the greatest player of all time. Him, Tom Brady, and Jerry Rice are the three greatest players of all time. I just I like to put Jim Brown just above him because most people don't recognize what he does. But it is Jim Brown, like I just said. Running back slash fullback of the Cleveland Browns from 1957 to 65. He played nine seasons, was an Eight-time unanimous first-team All-Pro, nine-time Pro Bowler, and was able to absolutely dominate. The only year he wasn't a first-team All-Pro was his only is his two of his only years without a thousand yards rushing. And that was in 1962. And this, mind mind you, the fact is only in 14 games. His first season in the league, he not only won Rookie of the Year, won MVP also. In 12 games, he had 942 yards and 9 touchdowns. However, he was able to consistently absolutely dominate the game. Second year in the league, in 12 games, 1,527 rushing, touch, rushing yards and 12, 17 rushing touchdowns. Absolute dominant as a player. He won four MVPs, including one in his rookie year, and was able to lead the, rushing, lead the league in rushing eight out of the nine times out of his nine seasons. I mean, Jim Brown is the cornerstone of the NFL. You think about players back in the days pre-Super Bowl. You think of uh, people like Paul Horning, 
Bart Starr, a lot of those Packers players. But the number one player back then was 100% Jim Brown. I mean, in a 14-game season, he had 1,863 yards and 12 touchdowns. He was just absolute dominant. He averaged 6.4 yards a carry that year, 133 yards rushing per game. In his career, in nine seasons, he had 12,312 yards, 106 touchdowns. In nine seasons, he averaged over 104 yards a game and over um, 10 touchdowns a season. Almost more than 11 touchdowns a season, almost 12 touchdowns a season. He was just absolute dominant. When people ask me when I was younger who my favorite player besides my Broncos was or who I looked up to as a player, it was always Jim Brown. He went out there and dominated, and he was actually a huge part of fighting social injustice injustice back in the day. He was fighting for African-American rights to do to be equal, to get into and succeed in the NFL. And he was a path setter. He was able to succeed in every way in that. Jim Brown, I mean, just an absolute monster of a player he was he's the outside of Walter Payton Barry Sanders probably the greatest running back of all time uh if you if he played another five years easily greatest running back of all time however after his ninth season he decided to call it quits and stop playing he went into acting and had a good acting career I mean we saw him in any given Sunday very good there I mean it was a very interesting movie and very fun to watch he was great but the main thing I love about him was his football career. He's the most dominant player of all time. We've only seen few people dominate the way he did. And that's the likes of, in my opinion, two people. Him and Lawrence Taylor. Those are the only two players to dominate the NFL. Other players have had dominant seasons. But they have not dominated every year of their career. And they were not just absolutely feared by the opposing team like they were. Jim Brown, had he played 16 game seasons, he would have right now probably, let's see, you add that, probably 13, 14,000 yards in a nine year career. That is just unfathomable. I mean, putting up so many thousand yard seasons, and every thousand yard season was more than 1,200 yards. The only seasons that weren't more than 1,000 yards, he was in the 900s. 942 his rookie year, and 996 in 1962. That was the only year he was not first-team All-Pro. However, he never was not in the Pro Bowl. He was never. He was only one time non-unanimous first-team All-Pro. He was able to go in to playoffs and played very well in the playoffs. He played... He had four playoff year, play four playoff games. Never was able to win one. Um, there, he actually only played well in one playoff game, and that was uh, his only playoff win actually in uh, 1964 when he was able to beat the Baltimore Colts, Colts 24 nothing, had 114 yards. But overall, outside of the playoffs, Jim Brown was by far in and out the greatest player of all time, the most dominant. I don't, I, him and Jerry Rice and Tom Brady were the most dominant players of all time, uh, just because though Jerry Rice and Tom Brady have had so many dominant seasons, but him and Lawrence Taylor were the only two to dominate an entire career. 
with that, I am just, I can talk all day about Jim Brown. He is amazing. He was the reason the Browns are who they are now. I mean, not the fact that they're terrible. He's not that reason, but he's the reason they have this historic history. And he's, in my opinion, the most important piece of NFL history. With that, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. I really do appreciate it. Let's keep this growing. Keep sharing the love. Keep making sure everybody knows how you're doing. With that, I just want to say, like I said, keep sharing the love. Stay well. Tell someone you love them. Have a great night.